everybody. Welcome into the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. Today's episode of Locked On Orioles is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, a protein bar that, frankly, uh, you, you think about protein bars, you think about kind of that metallic-y, just that protein bar taste, you know, that you, you can't get out of your mouth. Um, and you know, it's hard to enjoy um, what you're eating. Not the case, though, with Built Bar. Um, they taste great, plenty of different flavors. Um, got a box with 10 of them. There was 10 different flavors in there. That wasn't even all of their flavors, um, but some good stuff, some chocolate, some peanut butter, some caramel, some mint chocolate chip, pretty much anything um, you could want. They've got some some fruity flavors um, as well, and they're, they're great tasting. Uh, built bar and if you want to try them for yourself you can get ten dollars off your order by using the promo code locked on at builtbar.com again that's promo code locked on at builtbar.com today's episode we are going to continue with our little series of looking around the league at some former Orioles and where they are in the majors right now but we'll continue as well to Look at the former Orioles overseas playing in Korea as the KBO started up play on, if you're on the East Coast, uh, Tuesday morning at 1 a.m. If you're on the West Coast, you're in mountain time. It was late Monday night, but they are now through two games at the time of this recording, as I record here on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, They are now through two games of their season, and we've been talking about some of the guys uh, on opening day. Hunsu Kim, a couple hits and a homer and an LG Twins win. Game two for the Twins. Kim again in the starting lineup hitting third. Uh, he had a couple of singles, but the Twins offense really didn't get going. Um, losing the game 5-2, to two, they gave up five runs in the third inning to the Doosan Bears, and that was enough for the Bears to win the game 5-2 to two to even it up, even up the series at 1-1. One to one. The other former Orioles... Um, a couple of pitchers got the start in day two of the season. Mike Wright for the NC Dinos. He faced the Samsung Lions, and Wright was pretty good. Five innings, one earned run, seven strikeouts as his Dinos beat the Lions 4-3. to three. And then Aaron Brooks got the start for the Kia Tigers, and he was really good as well. He went six innings, also just the one run, and he struck out six batters. Uh, Brooks had the stuff working. Um, he definitely looked like he was uh, definitely still the stuff to be a lot better than that league. Looks like he's going to have a lot of success. And Wright and Brooks especially, um, but Brooks even, you know, it's only one start. And you never know how a season goes. But it looks like those two guys could be back in Major League Baseball um, or at least with a minor league deal trying to get themselves back um, in 2021. They looked pretty good. But Brooks' is, uh, Kia Tigers team with the loss, the bullpen didn't hold it. Uh, they lost to the Kiwoom Heroes 3-2 to in the second game of their season. Uh, play day three for the KBO, 5.30 a.m. Eastern time on Thursday morning. It'll be game three of all these series that have started off the season. We don't have an Orioles pitcher named as a starter, but uh, you know Hunsu Kim will be in the LG Twins lineup, so he will be out there again there's one game pretty much per day it's six days a week a game on espn 
that was Hunsu Kim and the Twins were on ESPN uh, for Wednesday morning's games. But the other four games are streamed on Twitch. If you check our Twitter account, at Locked on Orioles, we'll tweet out the links to watch the Orioles guys. Um, still waiting to see Tyler Wilson's debut. He actually, um, along with Casey Kelly, who is another former MLBer on that LG Twins team, uh, they, of course, had to come back from the U.S. to Korea and had to be quarantined for 14 days, which pushed back their throwing programs just a bit, um, and it pushed them back ever so slightly just so that they wouldn't be ready for any of the first three games. So look for Wilson and Kelly to probably be the four and five starters for the Twins. So we will potentially uh, see Tyler Wilson early Friday morning for the LG Twins. But we'll continue to talk about the KBO um, later this week. We're going to have a little bit of a longer look into the KBO, kind of their first few days, um, how the ESPN broadcasts have gone, how the former Orioles have done. is It's our, our best source of, of live baseball at the moment. But for today's episode, um, as I mentioned, we continue to look around the league for the former Orioles who are on other teams. And uh, we've done the Cardinals this week as we talk with John Fleming about Matt Wieters and Andrew Miller but today we're going to stay in the National League, uh, but go over to the Phillies, where on the Phillies' 40-man roster, there are three guys who were previously uh, with the Orioles organization. You've got, of course, Jake Arrieta, who the Orioles traded to the Cubs back in 2013, along with Pedro Strope for Scott Feldman, Steve Clevenger. Obviously, that trade did not work out for the Orioles, and Arietta won a Cy Young with the Cubs, but a couple years ago, he signed in free agency with the Phillies um, and, and hasn't been great since signing with Philadelphia. We'll talk about that. Uh, Tommy Hunter is at the back end of the Philly bullpen. He's bounced around a little bit since leaving the Orioles. Was pretty good out of the bullpen for the Phillies in 2018. Uh, got hurt last year, only pitched in five games, but he should be back for 2020, which we'll talk about. And then Garrett Clevenger, uh, who has not yet made his Major League debut, a left-handed reliever, starts a little bit. Uh, he was dealt to the Phillies in the Jeremy Hellickson Hunsu Kim deal. Most people remember it as the Orioles trading Kim back at the deadline in 2017 to the Phillies for Jeremy Hellickson, but they actually also sent Garrett Clevenger in that deal. Clevenger is on the Phillies 40 man, but has not yet made his major league debut. We'll talk about that as well with Tim Kelly, who will join us. He is the editorial director for Phillies Nation, a Philadelphia Phillies site. Um, and is also the host of Locked On Phillies here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So without further ado, we'll talk about some former Orioles on the Phillies with Tim Kelly of Locked On Phillies. Tim, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me on, man. So we've been doing a little series here as we look throughout the big leagues for some some former Orioles and and getting some updates on them as we wait for baseball to come back. And uh, earlier this week, we talked about the Cardinals and now to another NL team, the Phillies and uh, three guys in the 40 man roster who have previously been with the Baltimore organization. Um, but Tim, I want to, I want to start with kind of the, the one guy who Orioles fans still don't like to hear the name of. Um, and that's Jake Arietta who they basically trade away for peanuts to the Cubs, and, and eventually he became a Cy Young Award winner. But now, you know, things have slowed down a bit for him in Philly. What's his tenure, you know, the two years in Philadelphia for him been like so far? 
I would say it's definitely been underwhelming over the two years. He's probably had seven or eight really good starts. But for the most part, he hasn't missed bats and he hasn't stayed healthy. So when you combine those two and you consider the fact that he's making $25 million a season uh, annually throughout that deal, it's not great. This is the final guaranteed year of his deal. He has multiple options. I think for $20 million, the Phillies carry an option for each of the next two seasons. Uh, At this point, it would be shocking if they picked up either of those options. Yeah, my question kind of is, you know, what, if there's a 2020 season, you know, say it's 80 some games, what what do you think he would have to do to get that option picked up by Philly? I don't think there's anything he could realistically do to get that option picked up. He could pitch well enough in those 80 games where the Phillies say he can still be a number four or five in a starting rotation and they re-sign him after declining the option to a one-year deal. That's entirely possible. And maybe the fact that Uh, You have a shortened season, assuming there is a season. Maybe you have uh, less chances to get injured and he finds some success this season. So that's entirely possible. But certainly the first two years of Jake Arrieta's tenure in Philadelphia have not been especially uh, fruitful seasons. Of course, he 2015, he wins the Cy Young with the Cubs with that 177 ERA. Uh, And then he makes his first All-Star game in 16 it was solid in 17, then he signs with the Phillies. From watching him on the field, kind of last thing on him, you know, the, the big thing from Baltimore to Chicago was they let him develop his cutter, and it became one of the best pitches in baseball, uh, especially when he won the Cy Young. Just from watching him pitch and seeing his stuff, has has there been a glaring difference that's seen the numbers drop off? I think there has been less pitch movement, but the bigger thing is that he hasn't stayed healthy. I mean, last year he pitched over a month with a bone chip in his elbow, you're not going to be able to be very successful at the major league level doing that. And it's one thing to say, well, maybe he'll bounce back this year. Two years ago, though, he pitched through a torn meniscus. Like You just kind of get the feeling with Jake Arrieta that health-wise he isn't able to pitch over the course of a full major league season. Now, that doesn't mean he couldn't carry some value still, but he certainly has not lived up to the contract that he was given. And so another guy who uh, has also spent the last two years with the Phillies, but in the bullpen in uh, differing roles, has been Tommy Hunter, who was a really big part of the Philly bullpen um, in 2018. What What's his role kind of been for the last two years? Two years ago, they signed him after a career year in Tampa Bay, and I would say he was underwhelming but still played a valuable role he can eat innings he's uh someone that you can put in a lot of high leverage situations when he's on and then last season he just straight up didn't stay healthy so over the course of the two-year deal that they had signed him to i would say the the phillies have had struggles under matt clentak in terms of building consistent bullpens and it's much bigger than tommy hunter it's pat neshek it's david robertson it's a variety of veterans that they've signed that just haven't worked out and to this point you'd put tommy hunter in that group now ultimately we'll see uh he comes back this year with essentially uh a a small prove it type contract i was surprised they guaranteed him a spot on the major league roster but one of the things with the season being delayed now is that he's almost certainly going to be ready to begin the regular season. So we'll see if he's able to make an impact. Certainly the Phillies need it because it looks like they're going to be without Sir Anthony Dominguez, who is their best reliever when healthy. 
Yeah, you mentioned with the with the injuries last year, he only pitched in five games after making 65 appearances in 2018, which was second only to when he had 68 with the O's in 2013. What, you know, he obviously, he wasn't the closer. He had four saves, but what was his role um, in 2018 when he pitched that much? And then what is kind of the expected role for 2020 if we get a season? Well, in 2020, it's going to depend on a lot of other guys. And this is the problem. Last year, Tommy Hunter was part of a bullpen where I've never seen a unit get devastated with injuries in the way that the Phillies bullpen did a season ago. So in a perfect world, he's a setup man, pitches seventh or eighth inning. But that depends on what happens with Sir Anthony Dominguez, who it looks like is probably going to need Tommy John surgery. But because of coronavirus, the Phillies haven't been able to get confirmation. And then David Robertson, who had it last August, when is he able to come back? Hector Neris was very good last year, struggled two years ago. So we'll see. The The reality is, though, if Tommy Hunter is able to contribute, even at the level he was two years ago, they're going to find a spot for him in the bullpen, probably a, a, as like a seventh inning guy, I would imagine. All right, everybody, I want to tell you about Built Bar. It's, first of all, the best tasting bar. Um, it's hard to explain it until you, you really taste one experience. It's real chocolate, amazing flavors. Um, you know, you eat it, and you're you're kind of thinking about that uh, protein bar taste, maybe, that a lot of a lot of bars have. Not really the case here uh, with Built Bar. Um, and uh, no aftertaste just just tastes good um it kind of feels like eating a candy bar really um you get those chocolate flavors the peanut butter the caramel um everything you want in a dessert but but it's a protein bar um it's an amazing combination low calorie high protein low sugar none of those crazy additives and if you compare it to the the most popular men's bar uh protein bar it has half the calories seven times fewer the carbs seven times fewer the grams of sugar, and it's got more protein as well. Um, it's it's really crazy. How can it be that good for you? Um, and also taste that good. But uh, if you head to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you can get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. Just go to BuiltBar.com, look around. You can build a box. You can add all the different flavors to it. There's plenty of different flavors, nut-free bars as well out of a nut-free facility. Um, so really good with, with the allergies as well. But again, go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on to get $10 off your first box of built bar. You still need to eat, but don't want to cook right now. That's where Postmates comes in right now. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. And that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But but Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery delivery and whatever I can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. Anything that's uh, that's still open right now. So no more trips to the store. No more late night fast food runs. Don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android. Find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. 
That's code Locked On for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. And the last guy on the on the 40-man roster who has yet to make it to the big leagues, but that's the left-hander Garrett Clevenger. And Orioles fans you know, may not know him. He was an Orioles third-round pick back in 2015, uh, but was then traded over to the Phillies in 2017 as a part of the deal that sent him and Hunsu Kim to the Phillies for Jeremy Hellickson, a, a deal that you know really didn't work out for either team unless – Clevenger can can make an impact in the big league. So I know he's on the 40 man. Um, any idea if he was was in the plans to maybe be on the opening day roster this year? He was not in the plans to be on the opening day roster. If there's an area the Phillies are pretty set in, it's left-handed pitchers out of their bullpen, which because of the three batter minimum maybe isn't as valuable as it was previously. But they had Adam Morgan and Jose Alvarez who have been valuable contributors Uh, Over the past couple seasons, Alvarez came to the Phillies last year. So they were locks. And then Francisco Liriano, the veteran, was a non-roster invitee. But by the time the Phillies were getting close to making roster decisions, it it felt like a a pretty sure bet that he was going to be in the bullpen and a valuable contributor. So Clevenger is on the 40-man roster. I don't know that he's anything more than organizational depth because I don't even think he's the fourth guy that they would consider bringing up. So he's essentially, you traded Jeremy Hellickson, who had one good year in Philadelphia, wasn't as good the next year, and then they traded him the Orioles, and obviously he was a disaster in his time in Baltimore. As far as Clevenger, you took a chance on a left-handed reliever. It doesn't look like it's netted you a ton so far, but left-handed relievers and relievers in general are a strange creature, and if he works out and has one really good season, then you fleece the Orioles in that trade. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, a lot of trades get talked about when they're lopsided for one team, but you look at that one, obviously Kim comes over to the Phillies, finishes the season not great, and goes back over to Korea, and of course he started his KBO season uh, last night with a home run. Hellickson, as you said, was, I think he made two pretty good starts, the first two, and then he was horrendous down the stretch, Um, and Clevenger, you don't know yet, so it's interesting to look at that, but almost 15 Ks per nine in, in double A last year. So, you know, there's maybe something there, but it's kind of interesting to look at these trades that sometimes they don't work out for anybody. Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree with that. The Phillies have unfortunately for them been involved in a slew of those type of trades over the past few seasons. And one of the things fans will lean on is they'll say, Oh, well, it didn't work out for the other side. And I always think that's such a silly way to look at it because who cares if it worked out for the other side? You had a player that teams had value to some degree, and that's why they traded for him. What happens to him after you trade him does not matter. You're basing, you should be comparing the return you get based on the value of the player you traded away, what value they had at that time. And between that trade, the Vince Velasquez trade, that uh, they traded Ken Giles to the Astros. Like You've had a few trades where neither side has gotten what they envisioned, but that doesn't speak well of you as an organization. So I want to kind of get to the the current Phillies um, 2019 and into 2020 just a little bit um, before I let you go here. And, and you know, obviously this Phillies team last year was, was one of the most interesting and, and kind of hyped up teams. You know, they give the money to Bryce Harper. They bring in JT Viromuto. And they've got Andrew McCutcheon to kind of add the, the veteran presence 
to a lineup that was looking pretty good and and you felt like Nola could be an ace and you had guys like Velasquez um, and Arietta, uh, but but it ended up with an 81 and 81 season. And I know there's a lot to get into this with with bullpen and injuries and everything, but but if there was one kind of defining factor that made them probably fall short of expectation in, in 2019, what was it for the Phillies? I would say the injuries would be the one defining factor. The, the bullpen was just devastated by them. Jake Arrieta, even if he wasn't cut out to be a number two starter at that stage of his career, you weren't in a position to be picky last year. And starting-wise, they needed him to stay healthy, and he didn't. But uh, you also had Andrew McCutcheon go down in the lineup. Andrew McCutcheon was having one of the best seasons he had had in a long time. He might have drawn all-star consideration. Instead, he tore his ACL in early June. That was that. And, you know, like I've mentioned a few times now, the bullpen was just absolutely devastated. And the bad thing for the Phillies is a lot of those injuries have drug on into the next season. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Obviously, McCutcheon, you know, still trying to to get through that injury. But but you look at 2020 now coming off that season. And obviously it was just year one uh, with Bryce Harper being, you know, the measuring stick really for this era of the Phillies. Um, and, and things are so different because we don't know what a season will look like. But going forward, whether it's an abbreviated 2020 or a full 2021, you know, with the addition of Zach Wheeler and a lot of those pieces, you would think coming back, um, where do the expectations land for, for year two of the Bryce Harper era? Well, as far as Bryce Harper and JT Realmuto and a lot of these guys the Phillies acquired last year, the crazy thing and probably the scary thing is most of them lived up to expectations or right about it. I mean, JT Realmuto had about as complete a season as you can have for a catcher. And Bryce Harper didn't have a career year, but he had 35 home runs. He had one of the best defensive seasons of any outfielder in baseball last year. So he was very good, and I think there's a chance for him to take a step forward. The problem with the Phillies last year, and this is a problem when you're relying so much on signing expensive free agents and trading for veterans, is that you become very top-heavy, and I don't know that that's something they're able to fix. Now, in a short season, anything can happen, but my gut right now is that the Phillies are the third or fourth best team in the National League East. Now, we don't even know if the National League East is going to exist in 2020, so we'll see. But uh, Matt Klintak, the Phillies general manager, told me at a press conference in December that he thinks the Phillies could win the NL East. Uh, I, I don't necessarily, but... We're going to see what happens. I certainly think they're a team that should be in competition for a wild card spot, but you did not build this team just to make a wild card appearance once every few years. Yeah, how does that affect expectations being in that division right now where you got the defending champs in the Nats, you've got the Mets who, despite the the weird stuff that happens to them from time to time, they, they've got a competitive roster, um, and of course the Braves being back-to-back division champions. Does that stifle expectations at all going in knowing it might be the toughest division in baseball right now yeah i think it absolutely does you mentioned the nationals won the world series and part of me thought wow scherzer looked like he was kind of hitting a wall strasburg pitched more innings than he's ever pitched but now you don't have to worry about that hangover as much if you're them because you've had all this time off and you've had a shortened season the Mets on paper, I, I know they lost Noah Syndergaard, but they should be a team that makes the playoffs in some form. And then the Braves, I think, are probably the biggest competition in the National League to the Dodgers, and they've locked up Ronald Acuna and Ozzie Albies to deals that are 
highway robbery for the team. And even the Marlins are a team that I think improved pretty noticeably this offseason and is starting to develop some talent well. So this is a situation for the Phillies where, sure, you, you hope Bryce Harper hits 40 home runs and wins an MVP, and then Aaron Noah bounces back closer to what he was two years ago. You added Zach Wheeler. You have some nice players. But to consistently compete in this division, you are going to have to become a team that churns out starting caliber and in some cases star caliber players because the rest of your team the rest of the teams in this division have done it the marlins are about to do it with some players are going to graduate the braves have obviously done it to an immense level the nationals have done it consistently with outfielders and they've bought the pitching and even the mets have developed pete alonzo and jeff mcneil the phillies need to start developing internal talents when they won uh 12 years ago now it was on the heels of Cole Hamels, Jimmy Rollins, Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Carlos Ruiz, all these guys that were homegrown players. And and last thing for you, uh, before I let you go, you know, with them hoping that some homegrown players can come up, but really this is a team that's that's built to win now. Bryce Harper gets gets the big contract, and this is kind of an extrapolation question here because you never know what's going to happen, but but do you think that the Phillies win a World Series with Bryce Harper on their roster? Um, it, It's hard to feel optimistic about it because at the beginning of the contract, you think when you sign anyone to a 13-year contract, you know at the end probably isn't going to be their peak. So when we talk about winning a World Series, I think you think of it in the first six or seven years of the deal. And right now the Phillies don't feel especially close. Now, if you hit a home run on two or three prospects – that are cheap for a few years, that can change things rather quickly. But right now, my guess is no. Well, Tim, thank you so much for joining us. It's obviously an, an interesting story, you know, for not just Phillies fans, but for baseball fans to to kind of see this roster constructed and, and the huge deal for Bryce Harper. And of course, you know, bringing in Joe Girardi as well to replace Gabe Kapler for this season but uh it should be interesting and i think some some eyes will continue to be on the phillies for the next couple years absolutely thanks for having me on so again our thanks to tim kelly the host of locked on phillies for joining us to talk about the phils you know it was it was kind of interesting to talk about tommy hunter's role and, and really how injured that entire phillies bullpen was last year but he's still chugging along in the major leagues um and in some different roles in the bullpen, depending on what team he's with. Of course, Jake Arrieta has really, I don't know if fallen off is the right word, because he's still a very serviceable Major League starter, but definitely come down from the peak of that 1.77 ERA Cy Young season a few years back with the Cubs um, and helping lead them to the World Series title in 2016. He's just not the same pitcher uh, with Philly. And then it was interesting on Garrett Clevenger, because I had kind of the maybe not the feeling, but had from what I little I had seen, it felt like he was maybe a little closer to making the big league roster, you know, being on the 40 man, he's been around for a little while. Um, but as Tim said, you know, he's more of a depth guy and maybe would get a chance with some injuries, but hasn't done anything eye popping um, really. And was in double a last year. So uh, maybe a little further away. And, and that was kind of the last interesting thing we really talked about was, was how some of these trades go down and, and there's no winners on some of these trades. The Orioles trade Hunsu Kim. He finishes out that season, then goes back to Korea. Uh, they get Hellickson. He's good for two starts, and then horrendous down the stretch, and the Orioles fall apart down the stretch in 2017, had that awful September 
and of course missed the postseason and end up with a losing record on the year after they were just a couple of games out of the wild card heading into September. But uh, And then Garrett Clevenger, you know, that was a guy the Phillies felt that they could get as a throw-in because they knew, you know, that Kim was in a contract year so they could at least get a prospect who they could continue to grow. And Clevenger was a third-round pick back in 2015, so in 17 he was a pretty high prospect probably. Um, but, you know, it just hasn't worked out super well. Not poor Lee's on the 40-man. He's got a chance to make the majors. But, you know, we talked about it sometimes – there's these just no-win trades for anybody, and they happen around the league a lot. They don't get talked about as much as the, the lopsided ones like the Jake Arrieta ones with the Orioles and the Cubs. Um, and the last thing we didn't even talk about with them, um, just mentioned it at the end, you know, Gabe Kapler comes in year one, 81 and 81. Bryce Harper, he's gone. Uh, they hired Joe Girardi, who, of course, had all that success with the Yankees. And Girardi will be the new manager of the Phillies uh, if we get a 2020 season. And if not, he'll start in 2021. Um, a lot of people were very, very surprised when the Yankees didn't bring him back and preferred to go with Aaron Boone um, because of the great job Girardi had done with the Yankees in the last couple of years. And I think Philly fans will enjoy him and we'll see if they can get themselves back to the postseason. So again, hope you're enjoying the pod. If you are, make sure to subscribe, give us a download, like the podcast, maybe a rating or review, whatever you can do um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening at the moment. Again, we're going to have one more episode later this week that'll come out on Friday where we'll look a little deeper into the KBO so far and kind of the aura around it. And it's brought some American baseball fans together and, you know, we're either staying up late or getting up at, at weird hours to watch baseball, but, uh, it's been a success so far over here in the States, and we'll talk about that on Friday. But until then, this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.